the end times. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, so, been seeing a lot about the end times on Facebook, on TikTok, social media. It's all over the place. So let's just start this thing off. Do you guys think we are living in the end times? I think that we don't know. I, I mean, there's always been crazy stuff going on. I know here in the church, we heavily focus on things that happen in Israel. But I mean, for a long time, everybody pays attention to what's going on in the Middle East. And as soon as anything happens with Israel, they're like, oh, Jesus is about to come back and that's happened for a long, for a lot of years, but as far as, I mean, I think that, I definitely think it's possible we could be living in the end times, but not maybe for different reasons, though. I mean, we got AI that's about to take over the world, potential aliens that the government's been keeping from us, and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, glo global nuclear world. weapons. <laughs> We're on the brink of World War Three. Yeah, so, I mean, in that regard, it's very possible. But if we're talking, uh, like, Christian eschatology, the tribulation, the rapture, things like that, uh, I'm not so sure about that. What do you think, Wood? Well, it's been talked about for ever. You know, ever since we can remember, they've always been saying, you know, it's, we're living in the last days. How long can that go on for? Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, that's what they've been saying since the beginning of time, basically. Um, since Jesus died. Yeah. I... I I mean, I don't want to kind of, it's kind of like a weird analogy, I guess, but I mean, you can only cry wolf so many times. <laughs> you know? I wrote the same thing down. I was going to, um, I wrote down some uh, times that people have predicted the last days or that the rapture was going to happen. <laughs> I remember like, I guess the, the, the first time I remember when kind of, it was when we were uh, in a Baptist church, but I remember the first time they were kind of predicting it was like Y2K, like everything was, yeah, you know, <clears throat> gonna, the computer system was gonna crash and all this. Um, I don't really think we are, I guess. Um, yeah. I think it's more prevalent now that we have social media. So we are seeing things that are happening around the world that look like, or that are similar to what it talks or about. Or made to look like. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that was, that's my thing too, <clears throat> is this like, everybody wants to bring up these books like Daniel and, and revelation and those things they're written in they're written in a specific time about specific events in a language that those people i mean they knew what whoever was writing that was talking about they knew the events that he was referring to they knew what the language represented it'd be kind of like if we uh that, that song by uh toby keith the courtesy of the red white and blue you know how he talks about um, Uncle Sam put your name at the top of the list and Statue of Liberty yeah. started shaking. Like if, if people like 2,000 years from now discovered some kind of sheet of paper with those lyrics written on it, it'd be like them. <laughs> that's, that's a good like analogy. We, we know what, yeah, we know what that song's about. Like we know what it's, what event it's a reaction to. We understand the language. We understand the context of it. So, I mean, like 2,000 years from now, people could be making TikToks about how, you know, three reasons the end of times is near. And this is according to the prophet Toby Keith. You know, like, um, 
you know, they could take the stuff out of that, like, um, what does it say? Mother Fre- Freedom will be ringing her bell, and there's going to be hell. And they could be like, we had satellites detect the faint ringing of a bell distant in the universe. So we know hell's coming. It's going to be like the whole wide world is crashing down on unbelievers. So you better get your name at the top of Uncle Sam's list. You know, that kind of thing. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we would know that that's complete nonsense, but I think the book of Revelation and book of Daniel, those prophecies are about things that were going to happen that they saw coming or that had already happened. Um, so it's just language and, and stuff. A lot of imagery the that I think, for you, not to you kind of thing. Yeah. That kind of thing. <clears throat> um, Texas key. So Joe Allen mentioned how many times can you cry wolf? I did write down some, some, uh, things. I'm going to see what we thought about this. All right. So this is how many times, first of all, when you read the Bible, I mean, these guys thought it was the end, right? They thought, uh, Jesus thought it was the end. Yeah. Well, I got that. I was going to talk about that too. See what y'all thought about those verses. So Hebrews says it's last days. First Corinthians said it was the end of the age. First John says it's the last hour. First Peter said the end of all things is near. And Revelation says the time is near. Now, I don't know about, about you guys, but when I hear the word near, I don't usually think 2,000 years. Exactly. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so here's what we've got. First of all, tell me what y'all think about this. In 70 AD, we got the uh, destruction of the temple. And um, most scholars think that this was what a lot of revelation and stuff was talking about. So that's, I mean, that's a long time ago. But then in the year 500, Christians predicted that Jesus was going to come back. Something to do with the dimensions of Noah's Ark. They use that to make a prediction. In the year okay. 1000, yeah, the Pope predicted the end of the world. And then when that didn't happen, they said, well, maybe 1033 will be the end of the millennium. <laughs> so they changed a little bit. 1366, Christian predicted the Antichrist would show up. Um, in the 1500s, they believe they were in the tribulation. I mean, the dark ages, pretty rough times. 1694, they thought Jesus would return at the end of the year. Uh, 1700, they used numbers from the book of Daniel to determine this year. The year 1700, Jesus is coming back. So you've got all this stuff. And then in the 1800s, the world starts getting a little better. Right, so we've got the Industrial Revolution. People's lives are getting better. So there's, they don't feel like they're living in the tribulation anymore. So they invent the pre-tribulation rapture <laughs> in the 1800s. <laughs> uh, I didn't know this, but John Wesley thought Jesus was going to come back before 1836. In 1874, the Jehovah's Witness president claimed Jesus would return and then when it didn't happen he said it was an invisible return Uh, of course yeah yeah I mean mean, it was an invisible return Uh, 1914 the Assemblies of God was founded that was one of their full gospel four things was that Jesus was coming back pre-trib 1948 this is where everybody gets excited so Israel becomes a nation again so now yeah, they take the all these. There. That's what everyone always says. Yeah, all the prophecies that meant nothing for so long. Oh, now they can apply again. Uh, Nineteen sixty-seven, six-day war. So Israel reclaims Jerusalem. I mean, the sixties were nuts. Period. Like if you're thinking end of times, 
you mean you got the president getting shot, you got MLK getting shot, we're going to the moon, you got the six day war. I, if it didn't happen then, uh, 1981, <laughs> the Calvary Chapel guy Chuck Smith predicted it. In 1988, they wrote a book, 88 Reasons the Rapture is going to Happen in 88. 1988. And then it didn't happen. So then they wrote a book, 89 Reasons it's going to Happen in 1989. The last reason was because it didn't happen in 1988. <laughs> and then you got like Actually. Y2K. You got 2012. You remember, like, the whole Mayan prophecy and everything? Yep. So, the end of the Mayan and, calendar. And then, like we said, we've heard it since we were growing up. So, like Joe Allen said, how, how many times can you cry wolf? Apparently, That's a like lot of times. Now. That's a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still going on on social media. Yeah. Is I it's... mean, even when this... It, all this stuff happened with Israel, you know, last month. Everybody started sharing, oh, you know, here it goes again. Like, they started bringing, like, sharing all this stuff about the rapture is about to happen. And Israel's yeah. going back to war, or Israel's going to war, acting like it hasn't been happening for the last thousand years, you know. Right. So yeah, that's my thing. So the end times are supposed to have, that's one thing they always mention is wars and rumors of wars. We basically live in the time in history where there's the least war ever on the planet. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's true, that, but I think it's possible that we are the first, maybe one of the first generations of men that haven't had to get, you know, go to the war. Like most of us, most men, yeah, have not seen war in our lifetime. Like we live in the <laughs> least wars and rumors of wars ever. Fact check that, like, Joella. You may have to fact check it, but I'm, I mean, <laughs> I watch, I watch these Viking shows and I mean, that's all like they're constantly going to war fighting, trying to claim land. So let me ask you this. Do you guys it, think we live in the best time to be alive ever? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I think so because so much, so much new stuff is happening. I mean, look how much stuff has been invented or that's happened since just we've been alive. I mean, yeah. all the technology we've got, you know, we're finding more stuff out than we ever had before about everything. Yeah. Te technology, information, people's rights, women. I mean, women can do more today than they ever could in the past. You think about, uh, That's true. you know, minorities' rights. Like we live, it, the world is getting better, I think. But because of social media, we tend to focus on, you know, this. That's why, like, the war in Ukraine or the whatever's going on in Israel is such a big deal because we got social media. Yeah, or just media in general. I mean. Everybody's pushing their agenda, yeah. whether you're the right or the left or whatever. So, <clears throat> there's something I found. It says, for Generation X, or those born in 1965 through 84, military participation ranges from 5 to 7%, making millennials lower service rates. So, we got the lowest service rate in the military and then I guess Gen Z would be are these kids that are just getting graduated and stuff so our generation would be approximately 3% 3% wow that's just participation like size, yeah. size of the military right that's not necessarily and I think it could be a factor that 
warfare has just changed. Like we're not just boots on the ground all the time. There's different kinds. Right. Of yeah. Well, with nuclear weapons, I mean, war has pretty much. There's not a lot of war. Yeah. Like we uh, we don't go to war like they did in World War One or World War Two. And then especially not with, uh, you know, like they did with swords and and uh, axes and all that back <laughs> yeah. in the medieval times. Cannons. All right, so. Um, well, I don't, I don't think I answered that question. Yeah. Oh, Do yeah, I yeah, think yeah, this yeah. is the best time to be alive? I think that, uh, I think... Like, as far as things that are available, it's the best. But as far as, like, mental state and, like, uh, things that... I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Do you, you know what I'm mean. saying? Like, like mental, like mental there health. Is a, yeah. So there's definitely, like, medicine and technology and everything is better. But I also think that there are more distractions than ever. More yeah, things yeah. to... Uh, you know, negatively affect you as well. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, I enjoy being alive now, so I'm going to go with yeah. yeah I mean, I would, so. well, let me ask you this. Would, <laughs> would you rather live at any time in the past? <clears throat> Probably not. I'm what I like to call indoorsy. I wouldn't do well <laughs> in the, uh, you know, in the frozen tundra or the, uh, you know, having to chop wood all the time to stay warm or, or go hunt. So uh, I'd rather just get in my car and go to McDonald's. I like it. So I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be alive now. You agree with? I agree with uh, I'm happy to be alive now. I think it would have been cool to be born in either like the mid-1800s or early 1900s yeah I'd say more more early 1900s yeah they had a little little technology but not too much to distract yeah. you all the time all right got another uh, set of verses get your opinion on do you think Jesus failed to predict his return we got a few verses here and we're getting to the thick of it now, huh? This is, I mean, <laughs> we're calling, we're calling Jesus out. Well, I mean, you just read it and say what you think. I, I don't have the context here, so but if you read it in context, I don't think really anything's missing. All right, so Matthew sixteen twenty eight, he's talking to his disciples, and he says, "Truly, I tell you." Some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in this kingdom. What do you think of that? Uh, before we go there, I'll give you some context. Uh, the Pharisees okay. and yeah, Sadducees, yeah. Sadducees. Sadducees they, yeah. uh, they're trying to test Jesus, get him to show him a sign. Then Peter declares Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus asks them, who do the people say that I am? What verse did you just read? 28. Yeah, and then Jesus starts predicting his death. This is in Matthew. Are these verses in Mark? Is this the no. same story in Mark? I don't think so. Okay, anyways, go. that was a little background. All right, so this, this next one is in Luke and Mark. And Jesus says, Matthew twenty four thirty four. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. This is after he goes on long spiel about enemies surrounding Jerusalem and the war and rumors of wars and all that. So he says, this generation. Okay. Now, it seems to me like he's talking about the generation that he is currently speaking to in the passage i know like um i've heard pastors and i'll say that he's talking about the generation that sees the signs yeah 
But it sounds to me like he's telling them they're going to see these signs and that that generation, that group of people will not entirely pass away until all those things happen. Well, I think the preachers saying that they're they're doing their part in promoting the end times for us. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I agree with you. I, I think that's, he's talking about the generation that was in his time that he was speaking to. That's what it sounds like to me. Um, yeah, I would, uh, yeah, I would agree that Jesus is saying this and that he is speaking about the current generation of the people he's talking to. Yeah, probably not 2,000 years later. Yeah, I it think just, that's... It, it just doesn't make sense have to, to me. have to look up, like, the Greek. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think that that would change anything. It might, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, these guys, like Paul and Peter, are saying we're living in... They were living in the last hour. Yeah. And that... Uh, Revelation says the time is near for all that stuff to take place. I mean, it just doesn't fit to me that near or the last hour is this length of time away. I mean, and I just I think Jesus or the people who wrote the Gospels, whether Jesus said that or not, um, believed that he was coming back in their lifetime. There's even one in John, it's kind of vague, but I think Jesus is talking to John and Peter asked something about him. And Jesus is like, is, what's it to you if I want him to stay alive till I return? Kind of hinting that he's probably, he may come back in the lifetime of John. So there's several that kind of give the idea that Jesus thought he was coming back. Yeah, I think Bart Ehrman has a lot of good stuff on this. He either is writing a book or just released a book on this topic. Uh, about Yeah, he just released one about Revelation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but it's... Uh, I mean, it's interesting how there's certain areas in the Bible that you're supposed to just take it for what it says, and there's other areas that you have to do these mental gymnastics. Like, well, he doesn't mean the generation. He means the generation right. where you're going to see the signs and you have to do all these. But, I mean, if you take this, if you take the scriptures for what it says, then I think he was speaking to the those people and he was predicting that his return, or maybe not even his return, I'm not, again, the context would matter, but he might be talking about the coming of the kingdom because he... But uh, yeah, I think he was def he definitely thought something was going to happen in the lifetime of those people. Yeah, I mean, I agree. To me, it just even in the context, it just sounds like that's clearly what he was saying: that some people will not die, some people here or in this generation will not pass away until they see me. And he, but he even says coming in the clouds, so it's not like. Is that right? Uh, until all these things have been coming in his kingdom. In Matthew 26, he tells um, the high priest that you'll see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven. So it, it seems to me that uh, I know we have it didn't happen, so now we have to reinterpret those things. Just like, uh, you know, we have to with all the predictions. Every every time it's predicted, we have to reinterpret. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's very true. All right, here's some claims from the internet. Internet Probably claims, seen I love these. it. Internet claims. The Euphrates River is drying up. Okay, I've I've been uh, I've gone down the rabbit hole on this one, <clears throat> and I think that is easily debunked. Because people will say that we're definitely living in the end times, prophecies being fulfilled before our eyes. I mean, look at the Euphrates River. 
and drying up. So let me read the verse that we're talking about. It, so uh, Revelation 16, verse 12, and it says, And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And that's the KJV version for any any haters out there. <clears throat> so at this in the timeline, the rapture has already happened, and we're in the middle of the tribulation. So if this prophecy is being fulfilled before our eyes, then we've all missed it, because the verse first verse of that chapter, uh, or it's the second verse says, and the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the, men which had, upon the men which had the mark of the beast. So they're talking about men, the people that have already accepted the mark of the beast. Like we're past the rapture here. We're in the middle of the tribulation. So if the Euphrates is your go-to, I hate to break the news to you. You've missed <laughs> the rapture. That's a good point. It's <laughs> and it's not even drying up. I mean, you see, like, the occasional picture of, like, some dry land. It's just got but low points. It, it's got low points, and they've built some dams that are now yeah. blocking off some of the uh, the water. So, of course, there's naturally Some of the pictures be... aren't even the Euphrates. Yeah, some I've of seen the pictures, pictures aren't even the Euphrates. Yeah. And then some of them are from, like, 2009. They're claiming them, you know, to be now. So... All right, you've probably all seen this one too, that the conflict in Israel between Palestine and, or between just Muslim nations in general is the uh, conflict between Ishmael and Isaac. Like that's the history of it. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. I'm not well versed enough in, in, the, in history, I guess. But I just think that's kind of, <laughs> I think that is, uh, I mean, kind of laughable that it's just the, yeah. that it would go back that far, that everything that's going on boils down to Ishmael and Jacob. Or yeah. Ishmael Isaac. and Isaac, sorry. Yeah. So a little, little context and then you can think it through. So Abraham supposedly lived around like 1800 BC. Mm -hmm. All right. Muhammad didn't start Islam until like six, the sixth, seventh century AD, 600s. So that's over 24 years. Now I think Muhammad does claim that, did claim that he over was like 2400 years, 2400 years. Yeah. So you're talking all of a sudden, 2,400 years later, this conflict start, is beginning to start up. And then now, 4,000 years later, we're seeing, like, it's just way too simplistic. There's no way that the blood of Ishmael or the genetics or whatever have been consistently in the, the genetics of Isaac have been consistently passed down in two separate lines for 4,000 years. Uh, like, yeah, absolutely. that's way too simplistic in my opinion. It'd be like me saying I'm a descendant of Julius Caesar. Like, who knows? Like, there's no way. <laughs> yeah. Like, how far, how far back does, uh, to those uh, ancestry tests go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Any any final thoughts on that one? That doesn't really pass the test to me as realistic. Um, I see a lot of this on there. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but they talk about Ezekiel 38. Anybody familiar with that? Gog and Magog. You ever heard of that? Yeah. I, uh, I, I thought we were going dry bones. Uh, anyway, they, they claim that it, it, it refers to Russia, which 
I mean, regardless, I, don't, I mean, nobody knows what it refers to, to be honest. But if you read all these prophecies about these wars, this is what's interesting to me. Nobody wants to <laughs> wants to stick with these details, but they're all guys fighting on horses with swords. Dude, I <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I've been I was thinking about that earlier today because the verse I read about the Euphrates. Um, it doesn't say it in the King James, but I think there is a version where it talks. It talks about preparing the way for the kings of the east and their cavalry. It's like yeah. if, any, <laughs> if any army of of horses attacks any nation, it's going to get obliterated. It doesn't matter no matter how many men you got, it's going to get wiped out. Yeah, in the in the Ezekiel passages, it says um, that the the army. And all their horses are going to get wiped out, and <laughs> all of their weapons are going to be laying on the ground. And even describes the weapons. It says bows and arrows, spears and clubs. So, <laughs> like, I mean, sounds like twenty twenty three. Yeah, if we're, uh, I mean, people may again. You have to reinterpret that stuff. They, well, it's just it's just imagery or it's just symbolic, but. Why? Why is clubs and swords and spears symbolic, and then fires of hell is literal? It's all in the same. <laughs> in my opinion, there's so much imagery, like in the in Revelation, and people people just pick and choose what to take literally and what to to set up as imagery. I think Barterman does a really good job. Um, if you're a Christian and you don't you don't trust a non-Christian scholar. Matt Chandler has a really good sermon series on, on revelation. Matt Chandler from the village church. Um, if you feel a little more comfortable getting some information from a pastor, there you go. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of Christians. The majority, I, I think who uh, around the world, at least that don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. So you can find plenty of Christian arguments against um, a lot of the end time stuff you see today. I mean, I think the biggest argument it, is it, the the teaching is only a hundred years old or so in the history yeah, of the like church. Two hundred years. Tribulation. Two hundred. Two hundred. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, in the how much difference? Yeah. All right. So. Those are some of the claims. Uh, I see. I've seen memes that say like, can't remember word for word, but say something like, "I don't understand how the Bible is playing out right before our eyes," and people don't believe it. <laughs> like, I just want to say, show me one specific thing that is playing out before our eyes. <laughs> show me the Bible verse. And the Euphrates River. Get it. I, I think they're Got just it. referring to, I mean, all that's coming out as the stuff in Israel is happening. I think they're just kind of taking that and using that. Right. So everything that happens in Israel, though, is always, which since 1948, you know, that's after World War II, all the Jews, you know, had to run for their lives so they finally get together and say hey we need our own place which makes perfect sense and uh, now all of a sudden these prophecies are back and there so every time something happens in israel is the end times baby <laughs> israel's a different is totally different than it was back in the bible times it's yeah it's, it's place right this is not ancient israel Completely new nation. It's mostly secular. Plenty of Muslims live in Israel. It's not like a specific people like it was in the Iron Age or whatever. So, so what do you guys think? How do you think that teaching affected you growing up? Like always being told you're living in the end times the rapture was, could happen any moment it was it was sad because you're always thinking about it happening 
and you're just kind of like, like for me, I was like, I was wanting to be able to live a full life. Like I was, you know, like I want to get married. I want to have kids. I, I want to be able to live my life. And I would like just, I would pray like, God, please don't, don't let it happen in my lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did not want it. Like, I felt the same. I, mean, I, I always was, wanted to get married. I, mean, I always thought I was never going to get to get married. <laughs> I know. I mean, like, I just wanted to experience life, experience everything, and not worry about. I mean, I just feel like it's another like fear tactic they use to to scare us. You know, I mean, because that's what like whenever a sinner goes to church, you know, at the end they have the altar call and stuff most of the time that's they're they're preaching or talking to scare you into i feel like going down to the altar or accepting jesus you know you know if you walk out of here sure you know you could be left behind like jesus could come back when you're walking out you know, something like that. Yeah, or you get in a car wreck on your way home. <clears throat> yeah. Isn't that isn't that what happened? Uh, wasn't that your conversion story, TJ? It's like when you lived in Panama, you're reading Revelation, you're like, I got to get my act together. Am I misremembering that? Yeah, maybe. I don't even really remember. <laughs> uh, so I do sure remember I reading it and thinking, it. man, you know, I got to get it together. That was probably what it was, reading Revelation, thinking this is the end times. Um, but, I mean, it affected yeah, me. I like, think it's – yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, I just remember always not really planning for the future much. Like, I thought, oh, this is all going to end. You know, I don't need to go. Exactly, yeah. You know, it, it completely – like just push down any dreams I may have had of like going to school for a long period of time or, you know, eight years or so to be a pharmacist or, you know, however long it took to be a doctor. Like none of that stuff was on my horizon because I thought we're not going to be around that long. You know, I may as well focus on ministry or, I mean, that's what's important, right? Trying to get people to not miss yeah. the rapture that's going to be coming very soon. Um, there was yeah. no point in, in trying to make things better in the world because it's the end times. Like, the world's going to be destroyed. So, for me, it was a big, I guess, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but wall, I guess, to planning for the future. Yeah, I think it just it's, it's an unnecessary fear. Like, I think every fundamentalist kid has that moment where they come home from school and they can't find anybody in the house and they're like, Oh crap, the raptors happened and I've been yeah. left behind. <laughs> Start looking for the clothes laying there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it also it's just again unnecessary fear. It creates this anytime new technology comes out, oh my God, it's the mark of the beast and, and right. just, uh, all kinds of things like that. It's just, I just think that and, and it definitely is a hindrance to the future, like you said. Like, what's the point? Uh, just because we're not going to be here or whatever. So I just think that um, it's it can have a, a, with a... With a lot of things and a lot of teachings in Christianity, they can, when taken to the extreme, they have a negative uh, impact on you. Yeah, and I mean, it's been talked about since the Bible was written. So, like, all these generations before us, like, I mean, for the last 2,000 years have been reading the same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember, I don't think she would uh, mind me sharing this, but I remember it was early in our marriage. Uh, it was probably, like, year two. But I remember we were walking on the beach, and Chelsea just was, I think she may have even been crying, but I know she was just like stirred up and I was like, what is wrong? And she's, 
And that was it. She was like, I just don't, I don't want the rapture to happen before we have kids. And like, I just want to have, you know, a life and, and do things and have kids and have a, you know, big family and all. And like, it was bizarre to me at the time. Cause I was, you know, very diehard. I was like, Hardcore. Yeah, we'll be in, yeah. yeah we'll, I was like, we'll be in heaven. Like, it's, it'll be way better. But, you know, that fear is real that, you know, everybody wants to live life. Everybody... I think that speaks to, like, the true desires of our hearts. Like, we talk about, you know, we're just passing through. This this isn't our home or whatever. But, like, there's a real sense. And I think if a lot of people are honest, they have those, they would have those same emotions. Like, they they don't want Jesus to come back because they want to live their life. And like that's yeah, what the same reason you don't want to like why we're here. Nobody wants to die, even if you believe in heaven. Like, <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to go that's there. Want to, that's what that's what is so sweet about life is the experiences, getting to live it. Like that's what makes life worth living. Doesn't have to, there doesn't have to be like this, you know, this mission over the spiritual mission for us to accomplish that we were designed to do like what makes life worth living is that it's short, that it's sweet. And like, we want to experience it to the full. Yeah. It may, it, it's always weird to me to hear people say, Oh, I, I can't wait to leave this earth. And you know, <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I just, I don't understand that. Yeah. I mean, uh, so do you think it, because like we go to hospitals, we enjoy the new technology and stuff, you know, nobody's trying to, um, avoid prolonging their life. But do you think, because a lot of the stuff that's coming out in the future is like, um, you think about stuff like Neuralink, that's going to be an implant, mm-hmm. We, you know, more stuff that's going to be, I guess, internal. I mean, we got like pacemakers and I guess nobody thinks that's the mark of the beast, but for some reason, Neuralink, I mean, that, <laughs> do you think it's a hindrance to linking microchip credit cards? Microchips. I mean, that's all like, where <laughs> does microchips even come from? The Bible says nothing about microchips, nothing about barcodes. I think it's just something, I think it's just something when something new like that comes out, I think people just kind of automatically put it in that category as, oh, we're getting close to like, this must be it. In your, if you put it in your wrist or your hand or whatever, just the placement, because it specifically says wrist or forehead, hand and forehead. Yeah. I mean, we all have thumbprints. I mean, how how often do we use our thumbprint now? Right. Credit cards. I think credit cards were a big thing at one point. People didn't want to use credit cards. Sure. And then the tap to pay, I'm sure that got people riled up. And that the next pay. thing is going to be in the hand. I guess, yeah, it says you can't, you won't be able to buy or sell. So everybody thinks credit card or money. Can I just say, though? That the whole credit card in the hand thing seems like completely worthless technology. Like who who is asking for that? Yeah, why yeah. why is that the next step? <laughs> is that a step? <laughs> I don't I mean, I've never I mean, heard anybody it, talk about it. It's 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 happening now. Like you could buy stuff. I mean, I guess it, it would be harder to lose <laughs> unless you get your arm chopped off. <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't want it, not because I think it's a mark of the beast, <laughs> but because I don't want like GPS technology or any, anything that, I don't know. I don't like the government potentially having that much power where they could track me at any time or whatever, which they can basically do with your phone anyway, but at least our yeah. phone. At least you can take that off. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, I think the government does have too much. Uh, Absolutely. The government too much leeway, too much, too much. Uh, we about to take a turn. Do I need to get my tinfoil hat? <laughs> Go for it. 
no, no. Maybe maybe another another episode or another podcast. <laughs> so do and then I guess we'll go with the uh the question. Are you going to teach your kids that they're living in the end times? I mean I I would probably say if we're reading the Bible. Uh I, I would kind of that like chance. A, I guess kind of based along as like a, one of the other stories in the Bible. I mean, this is not something, not really something that would happen, but like. Just for, just, just a side note here. I don't think Revelation would be a great book to read with your kid. Right. <laughs> yeah. Kind of bloody. Parental advisory. <laughs> But I get what you're saying. Yeah, you'll you'll compare those kind of things to other stories and all. Yeah, before you dive into Revelation, you definitely want to start with Song of Songs. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I think I that. Uh... In order to get to, to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first step, huh? <laughs> so I guess. So this is something that uh, Joanne and I will navigate because we actually talked about this some last night. How will how will we navigate parenting? You know, coming from different perspectives. But I think in, in this instance, we would probably be on the same page. That you just we're not going to try to instill instill fear in them at all. But you do want to have the sense that life is short. Like live it take chances, you know, just in, be present every day. Like, I would think I would use it as kind of a metaphor for that. Like, the end is coming one day. So take advantage of life now. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't phrase it as, like, the end of the world is coming. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would, I would, I mean, I'm just saying personally, like, <clears throat> Yeah. If you want to do that, that's fine. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like you know, I definitely think being aware of the shortness of life is valuable. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, when you're born, yeah. your time your time clock is already ticking down. So yeah, here we are wasting an hour of time talking. We could be out living. I know, I like it. I enjoy it. This is living. This is living to the fullest. Yeah. Taking something new on. Yeah, it's fun. Enjoy talking to you guys. Y'all got any final thoughts on the subject? Final thoughts. My final thoughts would be directed towards pastors. I would just say to... Uh, just be mindful that of the history of the book of Revelation, like it barely made it in the Bible. And uh, I think, and again, I think the majority of people, especially in our area, are genuine. They're not trying to use these fear tactics. I don't think, I could be completely wrong, but I think the majority of people are genuine. But just be mindful of there's a million interpretations. Uh, approach it in that manner. In like, I don't know why so, I feel so the need to say think, that. So you don't think pastors in that area are use fear tactics to get you to come to the Lord? I don't think intentionally. I think I think most people are genuine. And the people that I've encountered, you know, the staffs that I've worked with. Yeah. I mean, I, I, would, I would say just be honest about what you're reading. Like, when you read this stuff, don't pretend. I guess anybody can squint their eyes at these prophecies and make them look like things that are happening today. But just be honest, at least. I mean... 
be honest, if you don't understand it, because most 90%, I would say 98% of Christians have no clue what Daniel or Ezekiel or Zechariah or Revelation says. Like, even if they have read it, they don't understand it. And if they do, I mean, I think that's rare. I don't, I don't honestly don't know if anybody actually understands it fully because I think a lot of it's about stuff that, you know, happened so long ago. We don't have the, the accurate context to fit it. Um, but just be honest. If you don't know, say you don't know something, don't try to scare people and don't, don't just take things just because somebody else tells it to you. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think the ones who wrote the Bible were looking this far, two thousand twenty nah. years ahead. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> no, I mean, they thought they were living in the last hour. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also, again, oh. I'm no scholar, well, but there seems to be evidence that, you know, it's not even the Apostle John that wrote Revelation. It's just right. Yeah. Someone claiming. Same with a lot of the old, the later books like First and Second Peter, First, Second, Third John. You know, no, I think most scholars don't think that those were actually written by those guys. I think it's funny in, in Second Peter. Here we are fulfilling some prophecy. It says in the last days there will be scoffers who say, uh, "Who say, um, look, everything's the same as always been. Where, where's Jesus's return?" But what's funny is that obviously the guy writing that, whether it was Peter or not, was already dealing with people who are like, "All right, where's this guy?" You know, he'd already obviously had yeah. to deal with scoffers, and uh, probably getting towards the end of his life, and he's like, "All right." Yeah, this hasn't happened yet, but <laughs> need to at least tell them it's going to happen. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Eventually, everybody's going to have to be like, all right, this isn't happening. <laughs> so. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time if the world doesn't end. If we're still here. <laughs> We may be doing a uh, tribulation podcast. <laughs> Boy, were we wrong. <laughs> <laughs>